0: Thank you for joining us for IAB There, and now your host, Randall Rothenberg. Over to you, Randall.
1: Thank you, John Ward, and hello, everybody. It's 2 p.m. in New York City. This is Thursday, May 14th, and you know that's the time to IAB There. That is our daily live stream in which we connect the digital marketing, media, and advertising ecosystem To itself and to each other. Our topic for today's show is strategies for bringing brands to life during, before and after the COVID crisis. Our guest today is Jesse Horwitz. Jesse is the co-founder and co-CEO of Hubble Contacts, one of the largest direct-to-consumer brands in the United States. Uh, Certainly one of the largest and best known uh, direct-to-consumer brands, um, and kind of a godfather of the disruptor brand movement. Uh, Jesse was uh, extraordinarily influential in uh, getting the IEB's uh, disruptor brand research off the ground, um, helped persuade our board of directors to uh, welcome brands into the membership of the IEB, and made history in our own small way by being the first... Uh, brand executive on the board of the interactive advertising Bureau so Jesse is uh, both a uh, uh, what's the word a patron of, of mine a godfather of mine an inspirer an inspiration um, and uh, also one of my bosses and a friend uh, but I'm still going to ask hard questions welcome Jesse welcome to uh, to IAB. there thanks for having me Randall so uh, I want to I start by, uh, we're going to talk about your book. You, uh, you uh, recently published a book called Selling Naked, which is a, a you know, literally wrote the book on disruptor brands. But before I get there, I want to talk a little bit about um, your personal history uh, and the history of the company. Um, you were a student at Columbia and yeah. uh, you had the idea of uh, creating a contact lens brand and you explicitly, as I recall, thought about, the notion of creating a warby parker for for contact lenses how did the idea hit you why did the idea hit you what inspired you in this direction so you're giving
0: me a little bit too much credit there Um, the everything's right about that except the idea was very solidly uh, my co-founder ben's Um, and ben and i met at bridgewater i was i was a columbia undergrad then i was at bridgewater then i was on the investment team for columbia's endowment for a few years And while I was at Columbia's endowment, I worked lots of good things about endowment work, very interesting. You're looking across the whole investment universe, all alternatives, yada, yada, uh, but also very um, predictable, structured uh, work lifestyle. And so during my years at Columbia, I kicked the tires with multiple friends on projects uh, that they were looking at. I was working on a dating app for a while with a friend from Zynga, um, a biotech company that actually is up and running now that I'm on the board of. Um, and Ben was a, a friend of mine from Bridgewater who uh, ended up at Harry's, the men's shaving subscription company, So that, which was actually co-founded by one of the Warby guys. And so that was the, that, 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 that was the, um, the through line there. And sort of mid-2015, uh, early 2016, he, he started kicking the tires on contact lenses as a box subscription category, and we kind of dived, dived in together.
1: Now, let's go a little bit deeper into this because there's a through line here. You mentioned Warby. Warby leads to Harry's. Harry's leads to uh, to Hubble and a lot of other a lot of other companies. So it's almost as if Warby is the ground zero of a new business movement, possibly in the same way. If we're going to try for a historical analogy, the way Ford Motor Company was kind of ground zero for the uh, uh, for the 20th century industrial economy, what were the essential discoveries that uh, that Warby made that uh, that Ben and others and you kind of uh, uh,
0: picked up on and said, you know, these are extensible into other categories? Sure. So I think it's I think it's as much um, lo- location as you know as discoveries, which is you had. Warby as one of the most successful New York-based startups in its vintage and direct-to-consumer as you, know, you had uh, meaningful investment by, by the city and other stakeholders in wanting a, a more robust startup tech community in New York. And you had Warby launch as, as one of the more successful in the space. And I think it's just a, it's just a model that lent itself to New York really well because New York was already obviously a media hub and a marketing hub. Um, and at the same time, a finance hub, and you know, th- these are all direct response marketing businesses, and so it- it's it- it's a model that that lends itself really well to the intersection of those two, because the primary skill sets you're drawing on are um, digital marketing on the one hand, and you know, and media knowledge, and um, in, you know, and sort of pretty basic, uh, you know, financial math on the other hand of needing to know um, as you're deploying marketing dollars as an investment, what the return is going to be, and whether you're deploying, whether you're deploying those dollars in a way that you'll make a profit and, um, and, and at what scale you can continue to deploy those dollars and, and be profitable on them. And so I think you know, something that was uh, sort of a modeler's delight um, plus marketing was, was well suited for New York. And it makes sense that a robust ecosystem kind of developed around it.
1: So uh, one of the uh, one of the comments that um, I've gotten back a lot as we've uh, developed our research over the past several years uh, is, "Oh, direct response. That's that's existed for a hundred years. Um, there's no difference between these companies and say LL Bean. Is that true? Or is Hubble just like LL Bean, or do Hubble and Warby and others represent?" Uh, a deviation or a departure or an evolution. I
0: actually, I actually agree with that. And I think, uh, I I think there's room for, I think one of the, one of the main immaturities of the space still is I think there's major room for more incumbent direct response marketers to fully integrate sort of this novel, novel toolkit toolkit on the marketing side. And something we've seen, um, one of our investors in, in Hubble, uh is a large you know is a major player on replacements on anderson windows so that's a very successful uh traditional direct response business decades of success on direct response tv and direct response mail um and you know and he's worked with one of our marketing agencies on the hubble side to sort of build out a robust facebook strategy and that was something that they had struggled with for a long time because the transitions were obvious if your commerce uh, Nike transitioning to direct-to-consumer makes more sense because it's, it's transactional. I think a lot of the most successful direct response businesses are lead generation, and the transition for them has been rockier because so much of the Facebook infrastructure is built around the purchase and the transaction, and you need to create um, surrogates for that kind of funnel to get it to transition to other direct response advertisers. But I think there's a lot of both upside for, ad, ad, upside for advertisers, um, upside for publishers you know in that it's another source of ad revenue and ad, and an upside for um consumers in that you know those are those are vol- valuable strategies valuable businesses that are providing good services but yet they they have to ad- adapt at least a portion of their marketing budget um, to the new playbook and you know and the new strategies to, to you know to sort of remain remain relevant and transition that spend.
1: Let's let's talk a bit about about those strategies. You you talk quite a quite a lot about this in the book. So so I want to give a plug uh, to the book right plug there. away. Yes, it's uh, it's selling naked. Uh, it's uh, published by uh, Crown, a division of Random House, one of the uh, the most important business book publishers in the United States. Published the uh, the last book I worked on. Um, it's a and it it's essentially a combination of a personal history and a how-to guide for launching uh, direct-to-consumer brands. So when we uh, talk about Hubble and Jesse Horowitz and uh, uh, DTC Brands, we can say that you literally wrote the book. Um, the, uh, uh, you've talked about the playbook. What would you say are the two or three essential uh, components of that playbook? Um, And and talk about it in language that uh, that I I can tell my dad, who was in the uh, uh, the, uh, shopping mall research business all his life,
0: what are they? So everybody focuses on sort of the the, the digital marketing blocking and tackling tactics. I I think most of the game is decided before you even start playing. Um, It's consumers are really smart. Consumers are really sharp. And it, it, it's do, you know, do you have a proposition that's going to give them good value for money? And secondary to that, in terms of sustainability of your business, can you give them that value for money with a margin structure that's going to work for you? And I think that yeah, you know, those are far and away the two most important things. And you can figure out the rest of it from there. But I think too many people believe that true sure of any business. You know. Yeah, of course, it's just business. It's just business. Too many people believe that you can, you know, sort of compensate with storytelling and with design um, and, and and overcome those barriers. And you can you can scale that way, especially, um, you know, which has been less and less true of late in the space. And I think a good thing if you have massive venture dollars behind you. Um, but but to build a great business, uh, you know, one of uh, one of the businesses I'm, I'm on the board of is uh, called Mockingbird. It's a stroller business. Um, it's it, it, it's uh, uh, b- baby strollers, baby strollers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, and the goal with that business was to create something more affordable for the consumer um, that had, you know, that had a sort of, uh, you know, pretty complete stack of premium features for, for a premium stroller. And, and, and that wasn't something that was um, on the market. And Eric, Eric Osman, the CEO of that business, has done a great job um, on, you know, he came from Harry's as well. He was on the growth team at Harry's. So, so he has sort of all of his marketing chops in place. But but you know by far the most but by far the most important thing he did was partner with people who really knew strollers, who had spent decades in the category, who could help with you know who he, he, you know he he sort of brought the vision on what he wanted the product to be, um, but who, you know who could help sort of do that design from a technical perspective, had scaled relationships with manufacturers, all the rest, and that's all the boring stuff that you don't see, but it means that he has cogs in place to make his price structure work at a price that. Is very attractive to the to the consumer,
1: but 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 so you're hitting at the I think the first use or uh, meaning of the word naked in the title of yeah. the book. I mean, your point is that um, you're going to be found out. If, yeah. If you're no good, you'll be found out really quickly. There goes your company. If you're really great, you'll be found out. Your company will scale. And and I think that that's kind of a uh, a response to one of the other things you hear a lot. Is, oh, this is like the uh, the Chinese drop shipping business. You know, stuff gets manufactured. You know, to uh, you know uh, any old piece of crap, and it gets delivered. And if it's no good, they just move on, create a new name, boom. And you're saying it's almost exactly the opposite,
0: is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. And I think it, and I think it's that realization is creating all sorts of interesting ripples in financing of the space because the thing that the thing that investors really liked doing because you know, it, it felt very, um, it felt, it, it felt reliable was, okay, find a business that's subscale where they're deploying the marketing dollars at a profit and give them a bigger marketing budget. And we're going to, and we're going to, you know, finance them up the wazoo and they're going to put that into marketing. The problem with that is when it's working, the the return on the marketing dollars is so high that it, that it, it, it's, it's just not true that the need is on financing the marketing budget. And so, then if, if the thing that needs financing isn't the marketing budget per se, because the return on those dollars is so high that they're, you know, that they're coming back to you at a really fast clip, the thing that's that needs financing is working capital for inventory. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that, that's much more shot in the dark um, kind of exercise, which is did I find the right partners? Are we competitive on, on, on cost of goods, but then also as I'm trying to increase conversion of on my site over time as I scale, um, you know, am I making the right decisions on increasing the catalog where I'm not going to have wasting inventory and I am going to get that site that site conversion increase and, and that's investors have been much less keen to dive into that kind of risk, which is unfortunate because that's that's really the you know that's really. For a great direct-to-consumer business, that's really the risk that exists. I think you had,
1: but that's a that's a classic uh, consumer product risk. That's uh, you know all kinds of companies will
0: fail. exactly. But but that's but that's the but that's the real risk here. And and what and what I think you saw a lot of was um, in sort of the you know the mega bucks veg, you know venture boom in the space is um, you give a company okay you say great a company can spend ten million dollars a year on marketing at, you know at a you know at a three plus return on ad spend let's give them $50 million a year to spend. And the problem is um, they, can't, they can't deploy it. And so then you just see the return on ad spend plummet. Um, you, don't get, you, you don't get a meaningfully bigger business, um, it, you know, and, you're, it, it, and, and you're not taking risks because you're deploying into something that you modeled already, but, but the math isn't there. I, mean, I think you had um, Randy Goldberg from Bombas on earlier this week?
1: Yes, Randy was
0: here. Yeah, Bombus is a perfect example of getting this all right, which is that's a business they start, you know, they they always had great return on ad spend. They started with a relatively limited collection of product. They learned their consumer better over time. They refined the product. They increased the product catalog, and that's how the business grew. And they were, you know, un, un, until until they were at the point where they could have a major liquidity event, they were never in demand. Um, you know, that was not a business that people were lining up to finance because who, who you know, who wants to take a shot on you know three random guys? you know, having good insights on what next year's sock collection should be. Um, but, but that, like when these businesses are being run, right, those are the, you know, those are the real risks attached to them.
1: And the, uh, uh, not only are they manageable risks, yeah. but they're also transportable across categories. One of the things that, that you've done is you've uh, not just wrote the book, you've created a platform for other D C brands, Bizarre. Uh, yeah. you've invested in and are on the board of uh, several companies. So, I mean, that was one of the uh, 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 kind of the research points that led me and us to the conclusion that um, that disruptor brands are, in fact, a sector unto themselves, that they have more in common with each other than, say, Hubble has in common with other contact lens companies.
0: Yes, I think that's right. But I think what's interesting now is you have... Um, you know this this gets to sort of what's going on now which is you have all these i think one of the biggest thing if you think about sort of the universe of suppliers over here all the people who could be producing product either under existing brands or new brands um for this channel channel you know channel conflict has been the biggest barrier i think for more people um dipping their toes in here and now you have this massive retail, this, you know, this massive retail, you know, implosion and, you know, and channel disruption, um, which uh, sure, you you know, sure most of whatever, most of retail will, you know, likely come back, but it's still gonna be, you know, it still feels like it should be a meaningful hit. And the cost of, the cost of that channel conflict just went down, uh, 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 you know, the cost of risking that channel conflict just went down. The opportunity cost of not stepping in on the other side just went up. Do you start seeing because there's so many good, whether, whether they should be doing it under existing brands or new brands, whether they need new offerings, there's so many people who are out there and, and organizations out there, Fortune 100, but also smaller players who are really expert on product, expert on supply chain, who should be bringing that expertise either on their own or in partnership with, you know, with, with, with founders on the digital marketing side um, to bear. And, it, and I think a lot of the question has been, Okay, if this is going to be five percent of my sales and it's going to piss off the other ninety percent, is it worth it? But I, I, you know, hopefully, people are seeing that this really, you know, this really is a channel with massive momentum behind it, um, and in a place where they should, you know, really do need to play.
1: Let's. Uh, I want to get to uh, what you're seeing in terms of the trends in the marketplace now, but as a as a uh, preface to that. Um, you took uh, minority investment from uh, Colgate-Palmolive mm-hmm. um, a year or two years ago. So uh, you became one of their um, uh, exploratory pathways into this. Have you been getting calls from them, from others, uh, incumbent
0: brands saying, you know, now's the time we can really use your help and your guidance? You know, it's interesting. I've been having more conversations the last two months than I you know, did the year before that. But it hasn't been—it hasn't sort of been the Fortune 100 of the world. been—it's—it—it—it's um, it, been a lot of. Ec- I've been spending time, for example, uh, small shoe brand based out of San Francisco. Um, the, the, these are folks. They started off. They had they had a few they had a few shoe retail stores in San Francisco. They developed their own sort of high-end private label brand um, alongside that. And now they're thinking, you know, and they've just sort of been taking the organic search that, you know, that comes from their existing business and been operating it profitably for the last few years. Now they're thinking, okay, is this the time, um, is this the time that we really lean into this and, uh, you know, and want to scale up? Um, We've been spending time with a a New York coffee chain. Um, It's going to be a bit of time for New York coffee chains, but a small New York coffee chain um, that had gone... um, you know that had gone sort of lower cost no seating in their model so premium coffee no seating smaller footprint um is this the time for them really to be leaning in with more digital promos to get app installs um it, you know and so it's 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 not there's there's so much uh, um spending a bunch of time with you know with andrew yane's team who's been, you know who's been doing fundraising on, on the COVID side and trying to understand okay they had you know good twitter game good email marketing game how did they port that over to sort of a pay, you know, paid social world? So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on right now, but it, it's not, you know, and, and definitely a lot more inbound than there, you know, than there was, but I'd say a lot of the most fun conversations have been sort of those you know, smaller scrappy organizations that have um, real sort of category expertise, institutional knowledge, um, but also you know, flexibility to experiment pretty radically.
1: So one of the, uh, uh, again, one of the memes that's uh, been circulating, uh, it's actually, there, there, there are two memes that have been circulating that contradict each other uh, about the DTC space. And I'm interested in, um, in your observations on this. There's a, a one point of view that says, oh this is going to be the death of D2c brands because they're not going to be able to sustain themselves in the face of uh, declining consumer uh, spending this is where the bit the big brands with the bigger propositions are really going to rise to the occasion There's a completely opposite point of view uh, 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 delivered with uh, equivalent uh, authority and sobriety that says uh, this is the death of all incumbent brands the D2c brands that have uh, uh, uh real communications and community uh, with their uh, their consumers that understand service and consumer trends and understand the new channels for uh, communications and delivery will rise above um, and um, and triumph. What's the reality of what's happening in the market right now?
0: So I, I think both are true. I think um, one of the things that's best for direct to consumer right now is winter really kind of started a year or two ago for us. If you look at financings in the space and up rounds, and so you had a lot of businesses started in the last two or three years um, that weren't, you know, figure whatever 2013 through 2016, and you know, hopefully we caught sort of the tail end of that was just this, you know, financing bananas in the space. You have a lot of really great businesses that were started with very different capital expectations um, that are operating with basically zero fixed costs, um, and and those guys are just Killing it right now because the the the, the wallet share is there, um, you know the wallet share is there and growing. Um, their overhead is minimal, CPMS are lower, and and, and, and you know, and, and consumer you know, and consumer loyalty and repeat rates and and uh, and retention rates are, are higher. And so so it's really that group that's that's just you know taking it from all sides, you know that that's just winning from all sides. Um, Some examples that leap to mind. Sure. Um, so you know, so, you know, so, so you know, Mockingbird's been doing great. Um, it, you know, Andy's been doing. Andy a system brand. I'm on the board. It's been great in a really troubled category right now. You know, um, Black Wolf Nation, men's skincare brand, um, just you know, hitting hitting records. You know, month after month. Um, Cheers, a, uh, a hangover supplement mm-hmm. um, had a, had a tough had a tough run at the start of Corona um, and you know, gosh darn it if everybody didn't keep drinking at home. Um and uh you know these 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 are all businesses that raised, you know, less than a million or you know or or single you know or low single digit millions of capital um that are you know that are scaling rapidly on you know on the back of this and on, on the back of the environment that exists right now.
1: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us what else is changing. You know, obviously, we're the the IEB. We're uh, very interested in uh, marketing, marketing communications, advertising, media, media channels. Um, Most of the uh, DTC brands that have, um, you know, kind of risen in prominence over the years launched on the back of Facebook or Instagram or both. In our research, we began to see a... um, kind of in a year three or three to five, you start seeing less reliance on the Facebook family, more experimentation with other channels. Uh, But you've been very much a proponent of uh, of Facebook as a uh, extraordinarily viable platform. Tell us what's happening in terms of the uh, uh, the platforms, uh, whether new platform, very interesting whether new platforms like TikTok
0: um, have uh, potential, what are you seeing? I think it's really, and I think it shows the, s- the strength of, uh, of Facebook and Google and, and digital generally. And uh, Ben Thompson at Certech created a great post on this a, a couple of weeks ago, which is, as best I understand, and you know better than me, I think TV CPMs are still pretty flattened at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you saw you saw digital CPMs come way down, but then you saw them rebound pretty quickly uh, because in a direct response environment where the return on the ad dollars are pretty high, um, you know people pull back. But then, as long as people see the return coming back, they're going to plow right in. Right in. And so it's still what's interesting is if, if if the first if the first part of this was all about lower CPMS and the opportunity and lower CPMS, um, now it's genuinely about uh, more consumer engagement. You know, just more consumer activity online than before. Uh, different, maybe higher value consumers, later adopters coming into the channel than before um and and so i think i and so to me that's been the, the really interesting you know as we kind of push into month three of this um is is the the 40 percent cpm discounts that we were seeing in march have gone away mm. uh, you know but it but it's other dynamics have come into play to continue to make it sort of a really strong environment uh we're, we're you know it, it we're just you know we're just a little bit less of the sideshow more sort of front and center um you know and, and then in terms of, I mean, it's still you know Facebook and Instagram are you know it's it's still Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah. it, it's always been Facebook and Instagram. I've heard some folks having some success with TikTok. TikTok's super young on demo, and, and we're we're pretty squirrely 25 to 45, so we're you know not old, but we're a little we're a little past the TikTok demo. Yeah. Still, still not hearing much success on Snap. Occasional story of success on Pinterest. Um. What about
1: uh, what are you what are you uh, seeing or hearing from others about um, OTT video uh, the rokus the uh, uh, yeah. the, uh, the Hulus and the, uh, it, anything the
0: streaming the CPMs are just so high and I think it's you know it's great if you're um, you know if, if you're if you're PNG and you're spending you know billions of dollars a year on TV with 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 no measurement and um, and, and this gives you at least some of your traffic with meaningfully more data, you know, and, and measurement behind it. I, I get the CPM premium. I think the problem is the CPMS are worth so much to those, you know, the impressions are worth so much to those guys where they'd like more visibility on a small percentage of their of their video spend, um, you know. That that at least for us it's been hard to make the math work. If anything, it's been more, um, you know, different affiliate now, you know, sort of just tr- different traditional, you know. Um, Affiliate networks on the publisher side um, that you know that have really paid off during this period and have been sort of a you know a larger channel than they were before.
1: Mm-hmm. What are the uh, in terms of categories? What do you think? Uh, you know, there there have been some categories that have been um, slower to move into DTC than others. Um, or viewed from a different perspective. Um, Consumer resistance has been somewhat higher in certain categories than other categories. So, for example, in, uh, in food, uh, food boxes were an early uh, mover, yeah. but uh, but but fresh uh, fresh food uh, eh, not so much. That of course exploded. Uh, so, what do you think is going to happen now in uh, um, in kind of classic packaged goods categories?
0: I think it's all just again. I think it's all just about. The biggest challenge in transitioning from retail world to direct-to-consumer world is your gro- your percentage margin isn't what matters anymore. It's your dollar margin. And and I think that's really, I think it's less about consumer resistance category by category and more that the categories that were maybe high percentage margin um, but low dollar margin just aren't as natural a fit unless you can figure it, you know, if, if, um, uh, Uh, you know obviously you know sad end to the story but i think this is what you know brandless was trying to solve which is uh you know all these things that consumers have no opposition to buying online um but there's just each one of them don't have enough doesn't have enough dollar margin embedded in it and so you really need to roll up a bunch of that um to to free up the kind of dollar margin net of shipping um you know to, to cover sort of digital cpms but that's why i think there's a lot of opportunity on you know um Uh, uh, on, you know, on sort of the, the bigger end ticket end of the world, um, you know, premium home repair, um, financial services, you know, whatever annuities, life insurance. I'm surprised you're not seeing more plaintiff's lawyers. Um, Like uh, all, all these sort of bread and butter direct response advertisers who have thrived on TV for decades, Mm -hmm. who have super high, you know, um, customer, you know, customer lifetime value is attached to them. Um, that that there's real opportunity for them to move over just because they they should be whales in the auction um, come in you know come in and out bid lots of folks with the kind of you know value that you know value that they can the, the number of value dollars that the customer assigns to them.
1: Mm-hmm. so so uh, so professional services then is a category so we can kind of look at yeah the, this old history. this goes back you know 20 30 years of the uh, the ambulance chasing law firms. Uh, uh, but you're suggesting that you can actually go upstream into that, into those services categories, and so I think it's not it, bottom feeders, and actually make a uh, make a go
0: of it. And I think it's inter- I think it'll be interesting because I think there's lots of things that search unbundled. If you were, um, you know, if you were a local exterminator, there was no, you know, um, you, you you could hang your, you know, you could hang your own shingle on search ads. And and there got to be um, you know sort of less advantage to being associated with the national brand um, if you know if extermin, you know if you're talking about extermination there's there's meaningful efficiencies to be gained for all the exterminators to advertise together under one brand
1: mm-hmm.
0: talking about a top of funnel um, digital setting versus about you know versus a direct versus a bottom funnel um, sort of search oriented digital setting mm-hmm. so I, th- I think I think there's there's interesting opportunities in terms of how those how those um, service providers organize themselves from a uh, you know from, from from a marketing perspective but,
1: but this would this would suggest then uh that say a McKinsey could be disrupted by a uh by a dtc um
0: <laughs> yep right that that's that's an interesting proposition McKinsey would be a great one now that we're all sitting at home on zoom anyway uh, <laughs> you know all, all you need is a dozen kids with fancy degrees
1: yeah, and, and 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 somebody who knows how to sell them, and somebody who knows how to run yeah. uh, run the job. But yeah, I mean, it, it's true because yeah. so much of that business is already uh, a, a virtual business, although um, so much of it is actually also done on site. But since nobody can go on site, for but anything, nobody can go on site. Right, right. Really interesting. Yeah. Hey, looking back, uh, uh, just kind of one one last thread I want to I want to look at. Um, it, it, if you were starting Hubble today in this environment, uh, uh, you know, given everything you know, um, so but if you were starting it today, uh, what would you be doing differently than you had to do back in? 2016? I think Hubble
0: would be very hard to start today. I think um, I think you really needed you needed the financing environment that existed in twenty sixteen. You know. Subscription can be profitable, but subscription you're talking about, um, you have, you have to finance, um, a cohort to profitability and that takes some time. And the financing environment in 2016 was very helpful on that front. Um, I, I, I think the biggest difference would be what you're seeing a lot of the successes in is businesses with enough margin dollars in the first to be profitable on the first order. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes a lot of the financing needs out of the business. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it so, um, you know, I think for the most part when we've thought about other you know other you know other businesses that that has been a compo- you know that has been a major factor
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I wanted to uh, I want to thank you for joining us on IAB, uh there today it's been great to have you thank you for being on the IEB board uh, remember we have a board meeting on June 2nd it's um, it's about Washington it's no longer in Washington uh, so we'll be coming back to you with uh, with the uh, with the agenda soon enough um, uh, Anything you would like to leave the audience with, of what they should be looking for, if they're as consumers—not just professionals, but as consumers—first,
0: first off, plugs. Uh, sell, book selling naked. Also, hopped on Twitter the last couple of weeks, um, so, so I'm up there now. Um, and it, it, yeah, and if you're, I, you know, I, I'd say most consumers still probably haven't brought you. Know, not, a large percentage of consumers have never bought from a direct brand before, have never purchased off an Instagram ad. Um, if you haven't, try it um, because it's, you know, it, it's a large enough experience at this point that, you know, that, that, it, that it's worth knowing what the flows feel like going through a Shopify store um, and, you know, you, know, and, and getting, you know, and getting a product from a no-name company instead of Amazon. Um, might like it, might not, but, it, but it's a relevant experience today.
1: Great. Well, with that, I want to thank you, Jesse Horwitz, co founder, co CEO of Hubble Contacts, IEB board member, joining us on IEB There. I will talk with you again very, very soon.
0: Thank you. Have a good one, Randall.
1: Thanks. On tomorrow's IEB There, we're excited to welcome Doug Weaver, the CEO of Upstream Group, where we'll discuss effective selling strategies during this time of crisis and disruption. There is no better teacher of sales technique than Doug Weaver. If you're in sales, if you're thinking about it, if you are a buyer of what sellers sell, you ought to tune in because Doug Weaver knows his stuff. IEB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ounce, John Ward, and Twafika Newton. I'm Randall Rothenberg, the CEO of the IEB thank you for watching and come back tomorrow because if it's 2 p.m eastern time on a weekday you know it's time to be iab there see ya